0: listen up gotham this is batman tune into the bat fanatic podcast with sammy warm hands and if
1: you don't i'll be coming for you hey everybody it's the dark knight of rap sammy warm hands and this is the bat fanatic podcast now Last time I joked that it was the quarantine edition of the show. Well, now it's for fucking real. We've got everybody safe at home, Ben and Evan, calling in on the phone. We're going to try to keep it civil. We got a hotly debated film on the show today, but we try not to yell and scream over each other so everybody can be heard on the phone, okay? Don't forget, while everything's shut down, support your local comic shop. Go to RadarToys.com. You can save 10% using the code BATFANPOD, all right? Now, this is the 25th anniversary of the sequel to the Burton films. Val Kilmer starring, Joel Schumacher directed, Batman Forever, for some reason.
2: It's like we're, we're all phoning in calls from prison together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, so here it is. We're rolling. This is the Bat Fanatic podcast now, this is really the quarantine edition. I joked last time, but now everyone's at their own homes. I've got Ben. Hello. Evan. Hi. Everyone's calling in. But, uh, yeah, we're doing it. We're pulling it off. And uh, after some coercion, I won't say much, but some coercion, we're doing Batman Forever. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Evan's not sorry at all.
2: Not at all. Why would you want to do a Batman podcast and then leave out the best movies (laughs) in the franchise?
1: I genuinely can't tell at this point. Because, like, years ago, if it came up, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I know Ev likes this one, you know. But, like, now your enthusiasm, (laughs) I feel like, is so sarcastic. I feel like, like some of it's true, but you're taking it all the way just to fuck with me.
2: I think that the only reason to not review these movies would be because... They make everything
1: else look so stupid. I just was planning on doing them someday, but like in the first 10, this is the 10th episode, you know. I wasn't that. And and half of those are comics. So like basically five in were already doing this. (laughs) It was best for
2: last. Kind of makes sense, but.
1: God damn it. Okay, just let me get through this shit. All right, Batman Forever, 1995. Directed by Joel Schumacher. Written by Lee Batchelor and Janet Scott Batchelor. And Akiva Goldsman did the rewrite. I I believe Akiva actually wrote the sequel to this, Batman and Robin. Starring Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey as Jim Carrey, Nicole Kidman, and Chris O'Donnell. And I have to shout out music by Elliot Goldenthal all right so where do we start the opening dick shot <laughs> yeah <laughs> the first line of the movie is the drive-through joke
0: yeah well that whole i mean other than the the close-up of his dick which is like it fits with everything else that's going on the close-ups of his gear and his armor and the dramatic music it was working for me and then they immediately going with the drive through joke and just undercuts all that momentum they built
1: up. So the first 10 <laughs> seconds had you going. Yeah. 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 And I'm taken right out of it. <laughs> I agree, except
2: for the taken right out of it. Saying, uh, I, just, I couldn't get enough.
1: You're like, oh, and then it got yeah. oh, even damn, better. In,
2: is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's like a black
1: hole. <laughs> take, us, take us through, Ev.
2: Oh, that was in my notes, too. Obviously, just like, bam, right off the bat with the bat dick. That'll get you every time. Uh, <laughs> one thing that I really liked is that it takes that that original soundtrack and just pauses it out the window and <laughs> just gives us some brand new, totally incredible stuff to, to just let our whistle right off the bat.
1: I will say, though, Debatably, my favorite thing about the movie is the new theme song. I think Elliot Goldenthal did a great job of not trying to ape it. You know, like we talked about Phantasm and the animated series, and Shirley Walker did a great job of of keeping it within the Elfman world and building on it. And this, I feel like. It goes okay. We're gonna do a whole new thing, but it's still very anthemic and it's got something really cool to it. There are moments in like fight scenes or whatever where you get the little Elfman, you know, flourishes and stuff. But um, I I thought, in terms of the main theme, the music was really good. I liked it,
0: but there were multiple times in this, and usually during uh, action scenes.
2: Oh yeah, where it was overwhelming. It was just too much music and. Like prom bones
0: or horns or something like wavering extremely loudly for a really long time. It felt like like '60s, very campy, which all movies campy. But there were times when I would be taken out of the action, like God, those horns are really, really loud.
1: I mean, it's I going. I'm with you. It get, it does get very cartoony. I'm mostly just talking about the main theme because I That's I good. I respect that you were actually in the movie enough to be taken out of it at some point that's <laughs> that's a difference that you and i have
0: <laughs> the original songs were interesting and i kind of like those two they're not the original songs were like the uh, the outside soundtrack from other bands
1: yeah i didn't own the movie i had to buy it for this but i i've owned the soundtrack ever since this came out because it had an offspring song on it
0: what song was the offspring song
1: Smash it up. it's in a batmobile sequence. It might be the one okay. where Dick stole it. I can't remember, but um the other thing about the the soundtrack is the u two song that they use in the closing credits. That is uh <laughs> the basis for one of my favorite weird Al songs <laughs> he He turns hold me, thrill me, kiss me, kill me into uh numb me, drill me uh, oh God, what the fuck is it. Um, I told you. Uh, Yeah, the whole thing is about being at the dentist, and it's fucking awesome. Um, Oh, what the fuck is it? Numb me, drill me, floss me, bill me. Yeah, anyway, it's fucking funny.
0: So that Seal music video, so not only do I really like that song, Kiss from a Rose, and I think it's a song he wrote for something else, like a lot of these songs, and they just put it in the movie or connected it. It's not even in the movie, but it's connected to it. Yeah. But that music video, that music video I love because it's, to me, it's a better movie than the movie
1: is (laughs) like just because
0: I think what really works about this movie is the visual style I like it a lot I like bright colors and the neon I like the way the city looks most of the other things I don't like so you take all that and just put that in a dramatic seal music video that's like four minutes long and it's awesome that's the movie I want to watch I want to see the movie that my imagination builds from that music video
1: like when the trailer is better than a movie sort of thing
0: yeah, and it happens a lot because they have they they don't have to deliver nearly as much. It's more just about like emotion
1: and little bits of things. Is Ev still alive over there? Yeah, still here. Okay, so I tried in because in the beginning we had watched the previous the Burton films, you know, and this is a sequel to them, and so in the beginning I was just thinking of like the way they introduce Batman. I couldn't help but compare it like the first shots on the rooftop after the muggers, you know, the American express card, don't leave on with that, you know? And so you get the opening reveal of Batman and they're like, don't kill me, man. And that whole fucking amazing reveal. And there's like no talking and it's shadowy and it's fucking awesome. And then like the first shot of Batman in this movie, I mean, you get the quick thing, Outside with Gordon and Dr. Meridian, the he flies b- up, and as he's
0: swooping in, he's staring at Chase Meridian, Nicole Kidman,
1: yeah, the whole time. And he lands, and
0: he doesn't break eye contact, and he's just staring at her.
1: I mean, I I would too, um but uh <laughs>
0: yeah, but I mean, that's...
1: but in my head, I couldn't.
2: He's the best at everything.
1: I couldn't help but compare these in my head, though, of like the "Don't Kill Me, Man." I want you to tell all your friends about me with the it's filled with boiling acid, you know. Um
0: Which is redundant. Why would acid need to be boiling? I well he, unnecessary.
1: There's so many things there, yeah. But um I does just,
2: that guy even know what that is. Is he a scientist? <laughs> <laughs> the
1: security
0: guard job is just his like side gig.
1: <laughs> it's an,
2: an unidentifiable <laughs> liquid.
1: <laughs> it was an inside job. He knew about it. But
0: well, he was at the uh, the big party too yeah later on in the movie he's just like the guy who like shouts
1: batman yeah (laughs) Yeah. i thought it was the same guy but yeah right away in the first few minutes i mean i think they maybe it's intentional it's them going like all right just so you know this is the kind of movie you're about to watch um but for me in the first couple scenes like Going through this stuff, it was very jarring, very upsetting for me. <laughs> that like, okay, yep, this is this is what we're getting into, and just the look of it. Th- there's three people standing there talking to each other. You've got Gordon, Meridian, Batman, and there's so much shit going on in the background with the lights and everything else that it's like so distracting. The only thing you're looking at is a fucking head. And there's still so much bullshit going on <laughs> in the shot. It's like, am I supposed to be listening to these people or looking at the f- fantastical colors in the background? And then... You're supposed to be looking at the colors. And then every shot after that is from some ridiculous angle on the ground and tilted at yeah. 45 degrees and... Um, Dutch angles. Yeah, yeah, just like nonstop. My note here says 21 minutes in. I said out loud... Is this over yet? It's just a huge, huge fucking change, and they give it to you all up front.
2: So, Sam, having made those comparisons, which one do you like better?
1: (laughs) 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 Well, from that point on, I decided that I need to not make the comparisons any longer. So they're going, here you go, motherfuckers, some totally different shit. Remember the 60s? That was fun. And you're like, okay, alright. It's acting like a sequel, but this is not really a sequel. It's its own thing. So I'm trying to watch it with that in mind after that first action sequence.
2: I think it's, it's really cool in this one that Bruce is such a calm, collected character, but he's so generous. Uh, he's willing to share his knowledge of the animal world with Chase and let her know that, <laughs> that that Bart wrote it.
1: And, uh, and it, is, it is cool, you know, spreading his uh, incredible knowledge around. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't, I'm not going to know how to answer anything you say this whole time. <laughs> You're so deadpan. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, if we're talking about the portrayal of Bruce... I wrote down, first good scene, Dr. Meridian's office, when Bruce first brings the riddles. And to me, all of my favorite scenes in this movie are out of costume when there's two people talking and shit feels like actually a a real movie for a second. Because for
0: most of the movie, uh, Nicole Kidman and Val Kilmer don't have any chemistry. But in that scene, they do, and it works really well. I mean, this is a Tim Burton production, so he was involved in it somehow. And I know Joel Schumacher probably watched at least one of his movies.
1: Um, I mean, Tim was it, involved in name only, from what I understand, that, you know, like, oh, okay. because he walked away, he gets money for it, but mm-hmm. he didn't want to do it. Well, and it, it, I think I remember watching an
2: interview with Joel Schumacher, and he was like, he talks about the, both of these movies. Uh, this in Batman and
0: Robin and saying that he thought that's what they hired him for was that they wanted like campy and bat nipples and stuff like that. Like that was what they wanted. And so in a lot of ways, the movie seems like a miscommunication because I think he could make a serious movie or a less cartoony movie, but that was his intention with these.
1: Yeah, but and It's just
0: weird because it's, it's not, I was thinking like, as, as you were saying, not to compare it to the other ones. And I was trying to get in that headspace going like, okay, well it's more of a kid's movie. But it's really not, because there's tons of, like, sexual fetish jokes and just, like, weird shit. And There's still all the murdering and all that kind of stuff. It's not a kid's movie. It's just weird and campy and over-the-top.
1: Yeah, I don't really know who it's for. And when you talk about Joel Schumacher being hired for this reason, I mean, Joel Schumacher is not a weird, cartoony filmmaker, you know? I mean, this is the guy who made 8mm, for Christ's sake, with Nicolas Cage, you know, the the fucking... Underground snuff rape video crime, you know, syndicate world. Like, like, he thought
0: he was hired to make the movie this way.
1: Yeah, exactly. Which is not what he even does well, you know? Like, you'd think if you're bringing in that guy based on his other work, they're like, oh shit, we're going to do away with some of the over-the-top theatricality of the Burton stuff, and we're going to make a real fucking, you know, like what Todd Phillips just did. Like, if I had not seen this movie, and I had just gone, oh, Joel Schumacher from the 90s, yeah, okay, I bet he would make something more like, you know, what we just saw in Joker than what we saw here. Falling Down, I mean,
0: the the whole movie of Falling Down is about a guy who thinks he's the like
1: a hero and he's actually not the hero. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I, I don't think Joel Schumacher is a bad filmmaker at all. I just don't get the intent.
0: Well, I will still say the visual style is awesome. I love the neon. I love the colors. I think other than the nipples, the bat suit and the robin suit looks cool. I think the Batmobile looks cool. I think the city looks great. Visually, I really like this movie. Uh, it's just everything else
1: I don't like. I couldn't disagree with that more. I mean, i that's one of the things I hate most about it. I, again, the reason that I get sucked in for a second is in these scenes when you actually just get two good actors on screen doing their thing, you know? Or even like when um, they're at Nygma's fundraiser bash or whatever it is is—the uh, where they're revealing the box, you know? And you're getting... Jim just as Jim and he's putting on his public face, you know, whatever. Like that shit I can actually buy and get into and then it's when the camera fucking swoops on its side and all the crazy shit starts happening again, again that I'm immediately Oh yeah. Never mind.
0: Um well, I, I say visual style, I don't mean the way it's shot. It's not I should really say it's the production design is what I like. Okay. I okay. don't like the cinematography necessarily or that, but I, I just like I mean I think you could movie to me looks like a cyberpunk movie like blade runner or um, you can have a movie that looks like this and still be a little more grounded and less ridiculous and still have all the bright colors and that kind of stuff and it actually has an interesting contrast
1: but this movie just doesn't do that so you like the band that looks like the dire straits video with the the neon brush strokes all around them and shit yeah i think that's really that's the best part you like when um, robin steals the batmobile and he chases those guys into the alley and, uh, the, uh, alley of the street has, uh, fluorescent black light graffiti and they have like kiss makeup on and everything they wear is black light reflective. You, that's, I do like that. Um, yes.
2: To answer yeah, your question.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I do. I, I like all that stuff again. Cause I mean, drawing comparisons to something like Blade Runner or, uh, Nicholas Winding Refn's movies, Drive and Only God Forgives and The Neon Demon. That whole uh, thing we've had over the past 10 to 15 years of like everything is very 80s, early 90s style with the bright colors and the neon. I think it looks cool. I mean, because if you compare it to a comic, their Batman comics or other superhero comics have really bright and interesting color palettes that are not silly or goofy or that don't detract from the story. I mean, the production design sometimes... Is weak. The one that stood out to me the most is the hip, Hippodrome, where they're having the circus. Yeah, From the outside, it's a giant dome. And again, that's another shot of the city that looks great. There's a mixture of CG city, like when they're coming into the Wayne Tech place. But this looks more like a map painting. It looks really cool, and it looks big. And then they cut to the inside, and it's like the tiniest little tent <laughs> with like 70 people in it. And
2: it, it looks bad. Like the opposite of a Mary
1: Poppins bag. Yeah, exactly.
2: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It it's smaller than it looks. <laughs> yeah, it's incredibly deceptive.
1: Um, but you
0: compare that to the Enigma, the Enigma party, like you were talking about, and that that looked big, that looked cool.
2: I like, the bat,
0: that Wayne Manor looks great. It's giant. It's ornate. Um, I actually kind of like
2: that if you compare when it comes to the the random street hoods and all these weird citizens that if you watch the, the Crow or warriors or something like that yeah, where yeah. Every, everybody's got these like sub gangs and even these just kind of like everyday normal villains are also all kind of demented and partying out of the, all the time and they're just kind of out of their minds but then this
0: outlandish costumes this.
2: yeah and then this adds all the colors on top of it
1: yeah i guess it's just a genre thing then because uh, i don't most of the movies you guys have both listed here, I'm—it's not stuff that I have watched. It seems like how they do like hoodlums in a play or something, like in a musical.
0: Yeah, yeah I don't mean the acting. I don't think the acting is good, but I like the way they look.
1: Yeah, no, or, I hate
0: the acting. I don't like the writing. I don't think the writing is good. I don't think the way it's portrayed is good. But visually, I'm on board.
1: I hate the look more than the writing.
0: I think I think the writing sours you on the rest of it, which is understandable.
1: No, no, I, no, that's not it at all. I know you
2: better than you know you.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, again, we, we talked, we talked at length about how I'm saying not to compare, but now that we're talking more about it, I have to compare the minimalist, shadowy, never see him, hardly speaks Batman from the first one is, that is my favorite shit. And so this is just like so. Opposite that in every way, that I'm just unable to get into it. But I think you can have that version of Batman that you like, more mysterious, more hidden, and have, again, like the color palette or a
0: lighting palette of this movie. Because the choice of having Batman be up front and make drive through jokes and just be dumb is separate from that. They don't have, they could both be in this movie. Or again, like a movie like Blade Runner, which that movie is extremely dark and extremely shadowy. But again, there's tons of bright lights and neon, and I I think you can
2: have them both. Yeah, that first scene, especially with all the neon lights, made me think of Akira, the movie or Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That is a cyberpunk look.
1: Was Batman in any of those? I I haven't seen him. (laughs) Yeah, he
0: was (laughs) just there. Yeah. Uh I kind of think part of the reason I hired Val Kilmer is that with the mask on. He has big lips,
1: Yeah, like Michael Keaton. Yeah, And it would just kind of trick people. There was one shot where he's being uh, pulled out of the rubble by Robin. He actually looks like Keaton for a split second. It's just like his head and his arm coming out of the rocks. <laughs> and you could see in that moment of like, oh yeah, this this makes sense. And I, I'm not shitting on him as in terms of casting. I think that... He did fine with what he had to work with, and and again, he, he is a good Bruce. I like him as Bruce. Yeah. There's a little bit of the Clark Kent Lois Lane syndrome with this movie because the yeah, whole very the, heavily the back and forth love thing, but like he's not really disguising his voice that much. They're kissing, isn't she going like, wow, this guy's mouth tastes like the guy's mouth from an hour ago, you know? Um,
0: well, she does do that. Uh, I kind of yeah. thought he did that. Like she kisses Bruce Wayne after kissing Batman. She's like... Oh, there's a, they just hang on her face for a second. She has a look of realization.
1: But I thought she had kissed Bruce first because when he comes out on the, uh, the terrace to meet her in her room, mm-hmm. that was, like, the day she had been on a date with Bruce already.
0: Uh, I don't think she kissed him, though.
1: Okay, that could be... I mean, that,
0: that ends, that's the, the party, I think.
1: Actually, I do have some timeline question here. Like the kind of montage of the box towards the uh, climax of the movie.
0: That's 14 years.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing that I don't understand is that it seems like Nygma's timeline is ignored or in another dimension from these other characters because you see him interacting with them and you see them reacting to his riddles and to other things he's doing. But I mean, Chase and Bruce just met you know like if you're following the dick grayson story you know he is very new in this household and yet they raid the diamond place or whatever to get the money to produce the box and overnight it's already everyone has them they're, dis- <laughs> they're, they're, they're distributed. And distributed they're advertised it's already been sold and is a hit. Are there some like deleted scenes here? Cuz it seems I think like this movie
0: has a, a bunch of deleted scenes. I don't know if that affects it, but this movie felt like a lot of stuff left out. It's already felt really, really long.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
2: I wish there was a director's cut. <laughs> An hour longer. The,
1: well, I mean, may, yeah, I maybe all those
2: extra goodies.
1: I mean, I've heard that they deepened some of the uh, Bruce and his parents' therapy stuff on the original version and there's th- things they shot like that that we didn't see so i mean there might be a more emotional believable story in this that we didn't see in favor of more action
0: well i think when bruce is watching early on the like the video of the courtroom when harvey deck gets turned into 2 Face.
1: yeah which, which
0: is also, there's a ridiculous shot of yeah. Batman jumping up out of the audience to save him, which I think is from <laughs> the original comics, but looks really weird in the movie.
1: I had to pause um, that, rewind it, and show it to Ange.
0: <laughs> like, did, was he just there in costume? I think he was. That's yeah. how it was in the comics, but it
1: just yeah. it's really strange. I'm like, are you fucking that serious? Is,
0: that scene looked to me like something they filmed with the intention of showing in the movie, either as a flashback or as a setup or something like that, that they then changed to just a video. There's another shot. I've seen images of Bruce Wayne standing in front of a giant bat. Yeah. That's not in the movie at all.
1: Yeah, which would have tied into that Rorschach that he saw on the wall.
2: I like that she shows him the ink blot. Like, you see whatever it is that you want to see or whatever, but it's just clearly a bat. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I'm
2: pretty sure 10 out of 10 people would say that was a bat.
1: Yeah. What else? Oh, my favorite line in the movie... When Dick is going around going like, how come this is the only locked door? What's behind here? And Alfred goes, Master Wayne's dead wives. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wow, that's a dark one.
2: I think maybe, Sam, you had said something about the actor who plays Gordon was the only person that was around through the whole this part of the series. Uh, Alfred additionally is, too.
0: Those guys do a great job, both of them. I mean, they're true to that character through all of these movies.
1: It's the one thing that ties them all together, aside from occasional references, you know? But it's also, like, I wonder if it wouldn't have made more sense to just recast everyone when you're recasting everyone else. Just have it be its own thing, completely. Yeah, like its own universe, you know, and and just not... I mean, the line of, you know... uh, There's a couple things that reference, you know, the first two, but... um, you know, that could still just be a reference and it wouldn't have to necessarily be, like, connective tissue as, like... This is a sequel, remember? To that movie, yeah, just more like the characters. Yeah, I think I would almost appreciate this more if it was just its own thing separate and I could, like, draw the line in my head.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he still wouldn't like it.
1: <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I, no, I, I wouldn't. Um, but it wouldn't be upsetting. Like, a, a couple years ago... I watched both of these movies, this and Batman and Robin, for the first time as an adult. This one actually pissed me off more because it was like, for a moment, you would see a shot of the city or this dialogue with the characters or something that was trying to do the Burtonverse thing for a second. You're like, oh yeah, that's cool. And then they would just immediately... (laughs) but then then they would pull the rug out from under it and flip the style entirely and it's like well what do you what are you trying to do are you trying to make a sequel or not and that was really jarring when i first watched it again a couple years ago and then you know the one that came after was like okay this is just it picks a tone this is a big dumb cartoon all the way through which was actually easier to stomach than like something that Wants you to believe it's serious every now and again.
0: Yeah, jarring is the perfect word. The movie is all over the place
1: with what you're supposed to feel. I was starting to watch, because I just subscribed to DC Universe, and I was starting to watch the Harley Quinn cartoon, and the Joker had a funny line about the Riddler that I wanted to mention. He's like, oh, is the Riddler the world's most indirect asshole? I thought was a, a fitting way to describe him. What do we think of uh, Jim Carrey in this movie?
2: I actually think that a lot of the stuff that he's doing is just straight up him being any character that he's ever in. I agree, and I hate it. (laughs) Yeah, but some of the stuff early on where the first scene where you see him, and he's talking to his supervisor, and he meets Wayne, he does some of this kind of demented stuff pretty well, actually, like when he... He gets a little unhinged and a little mad. Yeah, I think
0: and he's way better. He's way better as Nigma than he is as the Riddler.
1: I completely agree, yeah. yeah. If you look at that first scene when Bruce Wayne comes to visit and the stuff that he's doing there versus the next scene when he's doing the prototype box on I his boss. He's
0: completely ad and just doing impressions and characters. And
1: I mean, it's yeah, it's terrible.
0: But that's why they hired him. That's why Jim Carrey got hired all throughout the 90s. Of course. And I think as a kid, I liked
1: it. But think about Um, this, too. I mean, this movie came immediately before his brilliant portrayal of a different crazy person in The Cable Guy.
0: Yeah, which is a much better movie. Yeah. So, I mean, you're getting... Like a whack job, but...
1: Yeah, so you're you're getting little bits of that. I mean, you could see in his face some of that intensity, but then he goes full in living color, full Ace Ventura, you know, in the very next line or something. And it's like, oh, well, what do you... Okay, guys, pick a style.
0: Yeah, they should have just not let him do that. But again, that's why he got hired for so many movies. It's like, you're funny. Just be weird. You be wacky. And we'll just leave it in the movie.
1: The script is just like blank insert Jim Carrey <laughs> noises.
0: That's what it seemed like. Both Riddler and Two-Face in this movie are just bad versions of the Joker.
1: Yeah, I feel a lot about Tommy Lee's performance thinking that he had like watched the first one when it came out once or something and was like oh yeah I'll just over the top laughing like jack or something and then it's like hey, oh weird jokes and then oh we've cast Jim Carrey like okay I'm going to go over the top and then I'm sure most people have heard this story by now it's 25 years this movie's been out but um they hated each other Tommy and Jim they met like at a bar or a restaurant or something ran into each other when they were about to start filming and Tommy like pulled him aside and whispered like, I fucking hate you. I hate everything you, <laughs> you stand for or something like that. So he says this. And so they're like super awkward. And then he basically acts like him. So I don't understand. Like, is it that he hates himself?
0: I think like real actors don't like wild comedic ad livers like that.
1: But then he's aping his style. His so
0: style, but not like that. I'm sure they, Tommy Lee Jones didn't... Was it riffing? Didn't come up with that stuff that's in the script. Whereas Jim Carrey is like doing impressions and just going, going off the wall
1: with it. Yeah, I don't know.
2: It's the sincerest form of flattery. <laughs>
1: Hatred? <Or> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imitation. Hatred <laughs> is the most sincere <laughs> form of flattery.
2: <laughs> I like to picture that restaurant conversation, and then at the very end, Jim is like... All
1: righty then. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite things about the movie ended up being one of the worst things about the movie at the same time. He's telling Dick, like, you don't want this. You're going to kill him, and then what? That's not going to fill want it.
2: it Dick?
1: You know? <laughs> Master Dick. He's like, that's not going to solve your problems. It, it kind of reminded me of. Um, You know, because there's not much of that in this movie and their relationship, but it reminded me of like in Justice League, you get that little thing of Batman and Flash where he's he's like, save one person. He's like, what? Just save one person. You'll know what to do. You know, it was kind of like that sort of thing, except they totally ruined it because at the end of the movie, you have Robin and Two-Face fighting. He knocks Two Face off the ledge and then he saves him. And Two Face like, oh, he taught you well, you know, and then he pulls a knife or a gun or whatever and you know
0: Pretty tricks him. Gun.
1: Yeah, but he says, I'd rather see you in a jail cell or something like that. It's like, oh, that's actually a yeah. good, that's a good Batman and Robin moment, you know? And then a few minutes later, you watch Batman rescue Chase and Dick from the long fucking fall to death, right? And then Two-Face is flipping his coin, Batman throws all the coins at him, and Two-Face falls, right? Now, we just watched him save two people at once falling (laughs) to the same thing, and we just watched him tell Dick you don't want to kill this guy, that is not the way... And we see what that meant to Dick in that he actually took it to heart and in the hardest moment did that hard thing. And then Batman's like, ha ha, I I could catch you, but you're dead. And it just neuters the whole thing. It's like, well, why did we have any of that if he was just going to kill him in the end?
0: Because it looked cool. (laughs) He catches the coin at the bottom. That's cool. Did he? Very cool. Yeah, it's like his hand is sticking into the
1: water. I was uh, taking a lot of notes while I was watching this because uh, I didn't want to be watching this. So I I mean, I mean, I've, I've felt it like
0: halfway through. I was like, God, this drags. This hurts.
1: Hey, you guys uh, wanted to do this.
0: No, I'm glad we did. But it is like
2: it's, I don't think it's a good movie.
1: People are going to hate this episode.
2: I think it, in that scene... When Robin saves him, that's because Two Face is vulnerable at that point, and Robin makes uh, he makes what he thinks is the moral decision. And then, in the end, Two Face isn't vulnerable again, and it's not necessarily that Bruce wants to kill him, but that's the only way. He's got a gun on him again. That's the only way. Now they're vulnerable. And he just happens to have a million coins in his belt, (laughs) and that's what it takes to save him. It's not like he wants to kill him, he's just doing what it takes to save everybody else.
1: Well, no, I, I think that's a good move, is throwing the coins. But again, we just watched him catch two people falling the same way in the same place, but two people at once. So he could have easily saved this guy in a much shorter fall. Because he anticipated the fall. He threw the fucking shit, knowing he's going to fall. He could have fucking catch him, have him swinging down there. You know? Like, so, it's not so much... I appreciate
0: the the idea of rationalizing how this situation is a little different than the one before. And that makes a little bit of sense, but it it mainly just seems inconsistent. Yeah.
2: I think either two things. He he didn't have any more hookshot things because he used them all up and he filled all those faces he, with coins. Yeah, exactly. There were so many coins they didn't have any And then on top of that, they you know, after two falls before he hits the ground, they're like too busy high fiving or not high fiving. <laughs> they're too busy <laughs> they're too busy thumbs uping each other like they do. <laughs> that, that it just kinda gets past it.
0: Uh, I did want to say just one big thing. Because as you brought up that scene with Robin and Batman talking and him telling him, you don't want to go down that path. you yeah. actually having some weight to it. But most of the relationships in this movie and the payoffs at the end feel completely unearned. He quits being Batman and he tells Robin, he's like, you shouldn't do it anymore. I've met someone, I'm going to do that. He's yeah. been on like two dates with her.
1: Yeah, where's that even come from?
0: Yeah, it's just all this stuff. That's just, it's just, it's completely unearned. When that scene is
1: happening... I was like, Even
0: with Batman and Robin, you don't see any of the building of their relationship, the trust, other than like he lets him in. There's, there's tiny little bits but for the most part, there's nothing. It's empty.
1: So you think that like when Robin fell into the cave they should have just had him killed? Yeah, they should have just kicked him off a ledge. <laughs> but that scene was really cool. Him uh,
0: him swinging into the, into the Batcave. I, I love that scene. It was really well choreographed and kind of exciting.
1: I I don't. There's nothing about a fucking 25 year old Robin that i could get behind i don't know the whole but he's, he's supposed
0: to be 16.
1: <laughs> well no he's Chris not so
0: donald is 25 but he's playing it why would social services be on the back of a 25 year
1: old see but that's the thing that doesn't make any sense because they fucking mention <laughs> him <laughs> they no, they say out loud that he's a college student do they they say it out loud later in the movie that he's a fucking college student and i'm like okay so why is he in the care of a guardian <laughs>
0: He's got a full beard, rides <laughs> a motorcycle, jiu-jitsu master. He
2: doesn't need help. He has a sideburns <laughs> <laughs>
0: and a single earring.
2: That's yeah. true. He's riding a motorcycle around. Uh,
0: yeah. he's, a, he's a master of martial arts laundry.
2: Yeah, yeah man. That's so cool. <laughs> when I imagine what the extended cut of this movie looks like, there, it's like a lot more. Bringing out your laundry kung fu style. <laughs> and more suit-up montages. Way more butt shots. Oh, yeah. Deeper deeper
1: in the butt. Proctology wow. shots. Yes. All right. I'm going to rattle off a few references that I caught. So in the beginning, you've got Two-Face escaping on the helicopter, kind of taunting him, reminding me of Junior Birdman in... 89, when he blows up Axis Chemicals. Um, the camera at one point pans upward from the street level up to the skyscrapers, and you see so much um, set design that looked like the final shot of uh, Batman and Batman Returns, where it's coming panning up to the, uh, uh, the bat signal in the sky. Um, I feel like there was a a nice Gotham look in one of those little shots. We have Chase saying, uh, or do I need skin-tight vinyl and a whip? That scene is so bad. The first scene should have been the scene where they meet in her
0: office, because that scene's great. Yeah. The Rue scene where she's just like monologuing about, she's into bad boys and leather and, aren't you? And that's just... So fucking
1: bad. I mean, I, I will admit that I liked that scene to an extent just because uh, I like Nicole Kidman. Lark. Sorry. Two-Face crossing the street as an old lady with the stroller and the Batmobile's like speeding down the street. It reminded me of um, Batmobile speeding down the street when Penguin's controlling it. And he's like, helpless old lady at 12 o'clock high. And it stops right before running her over. We've got the uh, 66 homage of when they used to walk up the sides of the buildings. They have the fucking car go up the side of the building. Even I can admit so awesome. that was actually a cool move. I like it. I thought it was pretty, pretty clever. Um, if you're going to homage the 60s, that, that's the one that works, I think. Two-Face and Riddler meeting when Riddler comes to his place trying to befriend him. Reminded me a lot of when Catwoman comes to Penguin's place. Similar dialogue. She's trying to uh, say, you know, turn him into what he hates. Namely us, you know. Penguin's like, frame him? Well, in this one, it's just, you know, we want to humiliate him. Um, And so...
0: We want to find out who he is. Yes. But then at the the end of the movie, after Rither's beaten, he's like, why can't I kill you? Yeah. that was never your stated objective anywhere in this movie. You had multiple chances to kill him, and you didn't. Yeah. Because your goal was to do something else.
1: I don't know. There was a uh, a line. She's talking to Bruce in plain clothes, and he says, I can't be jealous of Batman. And it's on the tip of his tongue. That he's about to say, because I'm Batman. And it Because was... I'm
0: also very attracted to
1: him. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, vicky's apartment when he's like you know how a normal person goes downstairs and makes breakfast you know like he's trying to tell her so it, it was interesting to me just seeing all these little things that are on the surface you would think did this guy even watch the other movies but it's like so clearly following a lot of the same beats batman breaks through the glass ceiling at Nygma's party just like the way he breaks into the museum in 89 you know that amazing shot that they used in the trailer. You've got the uh, fireplace date night, just like Michelle Pfeiffer, Selena. Bruce, non-fatally shot, this time grazing his face or head or whatever. Um, <laughs> much like, you want to get nuts at Vicky's apartment. Want to go wild? Let's get wild. Shut up. The weird little um, swimming dance that one of Two Faces' uh, hench-winches does. Um, you know what I'm talking about? The like 60s, you know, you hold your nose and you do the... Arms and shit. They did yeah, that in the, or
0: Debbie Mezar. I think it was which,
1: the, which I think it was Debbie. It wasn't Drew. He said something about falling to a watery grave, and then she does that. And I'm like, oh, don't they do that in the '60s one? That one, I'm not sure if it's actually a thing or if I'm just thinking like Austin Powers '60s style fucking <laughs> moves. You know, well, the um, keeping them in
0: tubes that are about to be dropped over a big chasm of water is like a 60s thing.
1: That's true. It's very like 60s Batcave looking.
2: Who will, you, who will Batman save? <laughs> Tune in next week to... Fr-
1: <laughs> yes. This is the first appearance of Arkham Asylum. You'll notice Dr. Burton was mentioned. Um,
0: looks like Tim Burton. That actor, yeah. René Auberjonois, Ar- 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 who was Dr. March in the animated series and also Odo in Star Trek Deep Space Nine.
1: Nicely I done. It. I watch a lot of Star Trek D Space Nine. And then my last Easter egg was that the movie also ends with the bat signal shot. Although this one doesn't really make any sense because it's just like a empty studio where they're just running away from the bat signal. So I I, like it. I thought that looked cool. Um, it just another thing that to me didn't make any sense unless...
0: It doesn't exist in the story. It's just a cool shot.
1: It, exactly yeah it would have made more sense on like a tv commercial or a, you know happy a music video happy meal ad or something but the fact that they did end it with that shot again shows some love for the first two well i
0: had one other easter egg
1: oh what they missed? so gossip Gertie. oh god
0: so that's that's a that's bob kane's widow it oh sanders
1: she was horrible
0: well <laughs> It's not her fault, again, because that character is just of this movie. She's in Batman Returns also as, a, as one of the bystanders on the street who's talking to somebody, I think, talking to a guy. They're standing in front of TVs or something like that. Hmm. So she's in that one, this one, and she's in Batman and Robin as Gossip Girlie also. But I just like having Bob Kane's widow in the movie. That's cool. That's a nice homage.
1: Yeah, that's a nice thing to do, but boy, that character was <laughs> terrible. Like, Like, my wife wasn't even watching the movie. She's sitting next to me reading a book. And anytime time that lady would talk, she would, like, put the book down and be like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> she's like, I can't Which believe you. W-
2: that?
1: The, the reporter lady? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Lucy! The most eligible
1: bachelor. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it makes me feel better that she's not a real actor. No. She's just a legacy.
2: Uh, it's not really an Easter egg. Just a embarrassment, I guess. But since we just watched Master of the Phantasm, this movie, those... So- also partially related to wanting to keep Dick away from harm. But Chase has him kind of ready to leave the game also between wanting to protect Dick and also wanting to uh, drop his uh, vigilante mission for
1: love. I actually, yeah. was a
2: really hot woman,
0: and he's like, oh, that's way
2: better than
1: this life that I've been living. That did occur to me, though. I mean, there's shades of Andrea Beaumont in chase Meridian. Well, not necessarily in her, but in their relationship and what it causes him to think, you know? Yeah.
2: Okay, try so,
1: <laughs> All right. How much of a detective is he?
0: You know, I give him, he's a little bit, because the whole thing of solving the riddles, figuring out the individual riddles, and then figuring out how they connect together was kind of neat. A little detective
1: Yeah, so, I, I thought uh, he figured them out right away, which was great, but the putting them all together, that shit was pretty out there how they did that. Yeah, I liked it. That felt like
0: Batman, that scene.
1: Yeah. Okay, trauma?
0: It's <laughs> like heavy, but also too much. Multiple times reliving the murder, like when she knocks a, a flower off the table on accident and then like he, he's taken back to the pearls hitting the street. He's lost in like a fugue state in the study.
1: Yeah. Alfred has to wake him up from it. I mean, I like the repressed memories sort of thing that the dude is fucked up he doesn't fully see it in his head
2: i killed them
1: well we talked about that before you had said that you know failure to him calls back to that failure he feels in himself to not act you know
0: yeah you know it's good it's there it's just it's so at odds with everything else in this movie
1: yes i don't I, and because it doesn't belong in this movie, it is one of the things that I liked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> actually, the other thing I'll add on to that is that I think the Grayson's trauma kind of being the, the catalyst for reopening some of this old shit, I think, was, was actually pretty good. Sure, yeah. And that, that's tied
0: together well. But the, the scene that Grayson is talking to him and says, like, my parents were murdered. You don't know what that's like.
1: It's
0: like, yes, I do. The exact same thing happened to me. That was too much.
1: Why do you think we're dressed this way?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I thought it was a sexual thing. You have nipples on your costume.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. They were about to fuck. I'm going to take you into my custody so we can fuck. (laughs) I'll be looking out for you in that sweet ass.
2: I actually like the thought of the Bruce who used trauma as a catalyst for starting stuff, but doesn't act out on that stuff all the time. Obviously, he's taking action, and he's fighting crime and, and whooping ass, but I like the the version of a Batman who's more, he only says what he needs to. He's calm because that's how good he is at stuff. And while he does maybe struggle with some stuff, he also keeps it repressed in a good way. Yeah, he's not constantly verbalizing my parents were
1: murdered. I think he does a good job of kind of internalizing it in the way that Keaton did and also actually being able to talk about it a little bit more. That's the one thing that feels like this is a sequel is when they dive into the stuff that we saw before a little bit and that it meant something to him, but they shadowed out the Jack Napier face, you know, kind of made it more about the uh, impact of it than who did it. Yeah, and how stopping them will fix it. Exactly. I mean, and and we see that when he tells Dick, like, killing him's not going to solve it because we know this man killed the Joker who killed his parents. And he's still running around. Yeah, so I mean, and and that just occurred to me, actually, that parallel, so I mean, maybe they could have dug a little deeper in that and showed like look I've fucking been there exactly there
0: my parents
2: were killed too at a circus okay ninja uh no no she's not much of a ninja he's 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 good
1: with the fighting skills but he's not
2: he's not much of a ninja
1: I just put uh Robin's ninja laundry that's all I put (laughs) he can he can fuck up those towels man (laughs) Also, like, why does a mansion have a clothesline to dry things? <laughs> you're trying to save electricity. With the bat cave? I think
2: Robin, Robin brought that with him. That's his
1: clothesline. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I don't need your fancy rich guy
2: drying machine.
1: Well, he's used to ropes. Yeah,
2: that's how he, that's how he does it. Yeah, exactly. He's just familiar with the pieces.
1: <laughs> All right, jumping ahead. Pros.
2: Everything. <laughs> I love, on my notes, in quotation, the movie with the Midas touch. I really like that this movie saw everything that came before it as a template and just improved on every aspect while also setting the bar so high that nobody after it would be able to touch it.
1: I'm just going to remind you guys from our group text. That next time I think we should fire you and hire your wife f- for the show. <laughs>
0: what does Amber think yeah. of Batman Forever? She loves it. She has excellent
2: taste. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, honestly. Just let me get through Batman and Robin and then I can be done with this anyway. Uh...
0: <laughs> <laughs> <You just, laughs> this whole podcast thing was just so you could get someone to watch Batman and Robin and yeah. talk about it.
1: Wait, this, yeah, is, this whole that. thing is a ruse. He wants to push up these episodes. He's like, yeah, let's do these episodes, and then he's going to fucking bail on us.
2: Uh, Well, it's not my fault that we reached the pinnacle so quickly.
1: (laughs) It literally is your fault. You suggested it.
2: Well, then I'm a mastermind.
1: (laughs) Diabolical.
2: The transcendent thing about this movie to me, too, is that it's not even just Batman and the Batman franchise. It's just like... Everything that comes across it is made better for being a part of this movie. When Jim Carrey drops off the one riddle at uh, Wayne Mansion, he's wearing a Kangol hat and looks way better than Sam Zach never could. <laughs> he, just, uh, Kangol hats. <laughs> he just took Kangol hats to the next level. Chris <laughs> O'Donnell took... Sideburns and just made them infinitely better. <coughs> On top of that, it's cool how incredibly strong he is and his ability to one man hoist that round dynamite bomb out of <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus> the <Christ. laughs> screen. Super, super impressive. He obviously trained for years, I would imagine, preparing for this role. The Two Faced House is like if I either made it big as a rapper or won the lottery and that's
0: how i would do my house up half one thing and then half another yeah it's,
2: it's got everything i
0: need it's got both sides what is it uh raw donkey meat that's a <laughs> <one here. laughs>
1: do you think that he pees on the good side and then shits on the bad side <laughs> i do now, now but, that you say that. like yeah. i bet i bet he has a urinal on one side or maybe he has like a kitchen on the one side and then the, the bathrooms on the other or something you know
2: yeah, the other one just has a
1: fire pit. I mean, it, it strikes me though, it was all one room. You know, like, I don't... Does he just shit yeah. out in the open?
2: It's very, it's very open concept.
1: Does he sleep dead center in the room?
2: Um, yeah, his leaner is in the bad
1: half. And well, and also, like... Oh, no, I guess it should,
2: it should split him vertically. That would make more sense.
1: You only see him in the middle of the room, but there are tables with his food on either side. Do they always yeah, start walks. out with the pageantry and then bring it to him in the middle or something? He's like, "No, I can only walk this line, and only." I in th- almost feel
0: like they didn't think about it.
2: I would agree with you, Ben. Only everything in this movie seems so intentional to me that that can't be possible. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not going to
0: argue with you because for for better or worse, everything in this movie is very intentional. I like the dream very more than
1: this. Yeah, what a waste yes. of her. What,
0: ben? probably a lot of people in this movie, but I think her acting chops were underutilized probably because of the writing of the character. There's not much to that character.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's a hired goon, really. Eye candy hired goon. Yeah.
2: Yeah, she just has her sort of Marilyn Monroe thing going
1: on. Yeah. I mean, um, everything in this movie is just shit to look at, so it makes sense, I guess.
2: Yeah. I like the signal being turned into the question mark, and... Watching it this time around, I, it reminded me... That you can't me. see a thumbs up from a mile away. <laughs> um, I think that Batman was doing that more for himself. Like He knows that if he was the person on the ground, that she could see it from that far away, so he's just doing it this way.
1: I did write down the question mark uh, bat signal as being a cool move, though. I, I concede that was pretty rad.
2: Yeah, I, well, Gordon is like, Where's that coming from? But in my mind I'm like, duh dude, it's that hot green blender out of the water. <laughs>
0: Shooting green lasers out of it.
2: The question mark thing reminded me of how much of this stuff was on the market when this movie came out, like Oh, so many about, toys. Like Taco Bell merch and stuff in <laughs> particular. With, like this stuff was kinda all over the place.
1: They're like, we know we fucked up with returns because parents didn't want kids to buy our stuff, so we got to make this one as dumb as possible to sell all the shit.
0: But with a lot of sexual fetish jokes. Yeah. Kids love
1: that. (laughs) I did have one action figure from this movie. I had the Two-Face toy with the uh, scarred coin. Because I I already had a Riddler from uh, 89, and I already had a Robin from 92, so that was the, the only one I believe that I bought from this movie because I didn't have a Two-Face at all.
2: I bet that thing's worth like a million dollars.
1: You know, it's funny. That's one of the few I have no idea what happened to it, and I don't really care. <laughs> that
2: should have been your meal ticket right
1: there. I know, man. Everyone wants that cheetah print fucking... <laughs> like You know when you fall into acid and then um, it puts uh, feline textures on your clothes? Yes. I, yeah. I hate that.
2: That dude is swagged out. He's got the dopest style. <laughs> and going back to improving on everything, Val Kilmer starts out with what looks more like a original Batman movie suit. He's got the black and the yellow logo. Later on, he gets that much-improved, super-dope <laughs> future costume. Yeah,
0: he starts with nipples, and then the new suit doesn't have nipples.
1: The sonar suit.
2: Uh, Yeah, it's a little more sleek that way, but it also has a deeper butt provost. It does, which we hang on for a
1: while. Let me ask you this. Uh Speaking of costumes, though, Robin's costume evolves into sort of a Nightwing-looking costume. And he, at one point, mentions Nightwing as a... call myself. That should have been in our Easter eggs, actually. I mean, given his age, wouldn't that have just made more sense to accelerate that and just call him that at that point? No, no,
0: because, like, 95% of the people who went to see this movie don't read comic books. They don't know who Nightwing is. It would have just been confusing.
1: Well, yeah, but fucking Chase had more screen time than he did, and she's made up for this. Yeah, but
0: that's because, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but going deeper into the comic stuff until, like, 2005 is usually not what movies did, comic book movies. They just made their own world because comics are stupid. Let's do our own thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess they couldn't have done that sweet Robin helmet line. (sighs)
2: Yeah.
1: I mean, I didn't know who Nightwing was until a couple weeks ago. So (laughs) I didn't at age nine, assuming this came out in the summer of 95 and not the fall. What else we got for pros here? Uh, This movie uh, improves
2: psychology. Taught me about the animal world and facts.
0: <laughs> Tribal uh, black and white dolls depicting the duality of man.
1: It's like a dream catcher, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah. Taught me about culture and geography. It takes those elements from the 60s, all the Dutch angles and all the camps, but does them a million times more and way better. The wall driving scene is incredible. You yeah, have that holy rusted metal Batman Fuck line, that. they arrive on Grinder
1: Island. Fuck That's that.
2: Shit. It was, that was cute, cute it. at the time. I thought it was
1: cute. It was not. The fucking wall ride thing is a nice homage. That was some ham-fisted sack of horse shit.
2: <laughs> it, it, was pretty, it was pretty clever. When they're climbing side, the base of the island, all the rocks, it reminds me of the Agro Crag mountains from gut. <laughs> <laughs> even,
0: even the big uh, blender is like a, a piece of the crack that you get
2: when you climb it. Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah it's like the trophy. looks better, obviously.
1: Damn. Deep reference.
2: Also, nobody makes the turtleneck look better than Val Kilmer. So, you yeah. the turtleneck and better. I agree. And that's about it. <laughs> the design, the wardrobe, the lighting, the writing, the cinematography. <laughs> it's, all, it, it's all incredible cool i
0: don't agree with most of that but <laughs> and i do agree with some of those parts like i like the costumes i like the way the city looks the sets in general like enigma's apartment looks really cool and grungy it looks like something out of like seven or something like that yes
1: i like that um
0: i like the neon i like all the, the bat mobiles and the bat wings and N- the bat submarines no the Bat cave no i like wayne manor i like all that stuff
1: End of list. I
2: like that. Yeah, yeah, that's the end of my list.
1: See, Evan, that's how you do a prose list for this fucking movie.
2: Well, Ben just didn't list all that other stuff that I said because I already said
1: it. Yeah, that's why.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's part
1: of it, but it's also a much shorter list. <laughs> Mine is mostly shit we've already mentioned. The casting of Michael Goff and Pat Hingle being the only ones who stay through all these movies. Elliot yeah. Goldenthal's new main theme I thought was really good soundtrack placement songs the offspring and u2 that we talked about nicole kidman probably my favorite part you know she had a couple whack lines but again like the out of costume dialogue scenes were really the only thing that worked for me in this movie
2: i've always been attracted to
0: a certain kind of man and i feel like i'm ready to change and do-
1: oh you think that that is uh, somehow better than i like uh, bats who said that vicky vale
0: oh well i don't i'm not super into vicky vale either
1: okay fine i know
0: fight for his oh. catwoman and their chemistry is better than any of that stuff in any
1: of these other movies i'm just saying it works for me in that way that it worked in those other movies and sometimes kilmer again usually kilmer out of costume just based on what's happening when he's in costume is usually dumb but the <laughs> But I thought their scenes together and a lot of his stuff that's just him and Dick and Alfred works you know, pretty well. I don't want to knock Kilmer unfairly because the other things in the movie are dumb. I liked Two-Face trying to burn him alive and burying him alive. I thought that that was actually pretty cool. The uh, turning the bat signal to a question mark was the end of my pros. Cons?
0: And all the stuff we talked about.
1: Yeah, is it redundant I mean, at this just, point? Yeah, I think the villains. Even though this is continuing the trend started by Jack
0: Nicholson, where the villains are are more important and more of a focus than Batman, uh, I think this was the beginning of a downturn. The villains were both poorly written and
1: mischaracterized. Yeah, compared to what I think they should be, they were also just completely
0: hammed up and over the top and just not good. I didn't like them. I didn't find them interesting or threatening or compelling.
1: Well, that's the thing. Is um, like, Jack was menacing, though. Look at Penguin and Catwoman. There was a primal ferocity there. There was something that was actually uh, to be feared. And in this, it was like there were never any stakes for anything. No, Tom Tommy Lee Jones never hit
0: that. There are a few moments, particularly at the very end, that Jim Carrey When he still has the upper hand. He was getting close to something like that, something actually threatening and menacing, and more like what I think of the Riddler. Again, I don't think of the Riddler as the Joker. He's not supposed to necessarily be as wacky and goofy. He's supposed to be a counterpart to Batman being brilliant. He's also brilliant, and he tests his mind. And most of the time, the Riddler was not this, but at the end, there's a few scenes of that. And his costumes for most of the movie was really bad. It was just pajamas. of the movie is look at these cool and threatening villains it just completely missed the mark
1: well when you talk about his costume part of my cons i have to mention that jim carrey's length of hair repeatedly changes um (laughs) because when he's you know in the beginning it's longer and then you know you see his transformation into the riddler and it's very very short and then when he's at that big event it's regular jim carrey hair and then He's back to Riddler, and it again is very, very short, also different colors. And then in the final scene, we see them approaching the island, and they're playing the battleship game. He has the short orange Riddler hair, and he's in the green costume. And then when they get inside, he has long orange hair and is in totally different clothes. So his hair grew like four inches in 20 minutes.
0: Well, this movie uh, changed the game as far as hair growth goes. I mean, nothing—nothing nothing was better. There was no better hair
2: growth before this movie.
1: Uh, Evan, you have any cons?
2: If anything, it would just be that the movie isn't long enough nice <laughs> tonight.
1: I almost just cut I, you I off. Like I don't even want to hear this.
2: I, I almost think that its existence is almost unfair. It's like movies should have just stopped being produced after. <laughs> <laughs> After it came out, it just makes everything
1: else look so silly. But, like, why even try? Fuck. All right. Well, I'll rattle off mine real quick. Being the Justice League of the '90s—that was my first thing in terms of studio interference instead of like a clear vision for the film. Because again, it was very much a response to parental backlash from Returns. We need. It's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two and three of this franchise you know it was it was the backlash oh they can't use their weapons now oh everything has to be light-hearted and whatever and so they remove all those qualities that were in the first ones so studio interference uh number one just to rattle a couple things off tommy lee jones being jim carrey jim carrey being jim carrey lighting neon black light face paint fuckery shot composition dialogue jesus christ Riddler enigma having different hair links, which we just talked about. College age Robin. Both Dick and Riddler discover the Batcave on separate occasions. Jesus Christ, how is this secret so obvious? I don't like the vehicle redesigns, the costume redesigns. Robin one's not bad, but that's not a redesign. Literally one batarang destroyed his whole island lair.
2: Yeah, why was it all connected to that one
0: chandelier? That's really bad. Like what the Electrical fuck? Design. He just threw one thing. He just
1: threw one fucking thing, and a whole all everything explodes. It's all over because I threw a thing. He's like, oh, "This room is fragile, guys."
0: That was really fortunate for
2: Batman, that's how he built his fortress.
1: Yeah, I think
2: it was just a reactor. It was just poorly placed,
1: <laughs> hanging from the ceiling. And then, yeah, the whole thing about killing the Two Face after talking about not killing Two Face. So, ratings? Uh, Evan. Uh. Don't do it.
2: Well, I, I, want, I want to say like an 8 out of 5. Uh, <coughs> I, I know that the scale doesn't go that high, and I, and I... Plus, I know that there's another one after this, so I, 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 I'd say an 8 out of 5. It, it, I, it has to
1: be that. You motherfucker. Give me a real answer. You've been in character this whole time.
2: That is a real answer. I love this movie.
1: Your last two reviews were 5. <laughs> okay?
2: Yeah, those, those were... Good.
0: This, what he's this, saying is Batman Forever is almost as good as both of those movies combined, both that movie and that book.
1: I know what he's like, saying, but I can't get a straight answer here.
2: The last two things that we reviewed were perfect. These, these are like double perfect, and they need their own criteria.
1: <laughs> I,
2: this movie is a One.
1: One yeah, I give it a 1. Now, does your in this imagine five stars that we have, is there such a thing as a zero or does yours end at 1 cuz I think of 1 as the lowest.
0: I think of 1 as the
1: lowest, yeah. I okay. Don't think zero
0: to, zero is a thing that
1: doesn't exist. Okay, okay. I I agree. I'm going to give it a 2 yeah. because I think it has its moments. I think there's probably like 20 minutes of movie here and then there's a whole bunch of other shit happening. I want to
0: qualify my answer because I think the movie is a one. The Seal music video is a
1: five. (laughs) 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 Okay. Now, I'm going to watch that after this because uh, you sent it to me the other day and I was like, yeah, I know this song well. I'm not going to watch it right now, but I didn't think of the visual component. It's great. It's so good. (laughs) All right. Everyone go watch Kiss from a Rose by Seal. All right. That is our show. As always, thank you guys for listening. Now, we appreciate the feedback you guys have sent we've got messages on facebook and instagram people saying that we're your favorite show some of you so we really appreciate that help us keep spreading the word and we will keep bringing you the content even if it's from three separate houses right now while we're making the best of the quarantine situation all right next time we're coming back as always with a great comic and this one's going to be written by James Tynan Fourth. all right? That's all I'm going to say. So stay tuned, spread the word, and the Bat Fanatic podcast will be back for your bitch ass. Holy shit, there's a spider coming down from the ceiling. Woo! Okay, so I haven't been out in the studio much lately at all, and last night I walked out here and there was like a... I walked through a fucking cobweb in my face and I freaked out and I went back in the house well I'm sitting here now and this big motherfucker was coming down from the ceiling I am really glad that was not on my head yesterday